Welcome to another episode of Conversations with Lamp. I'm your host, James Lampkin, and my guest today works with at-risk youth, Mr. John Alexander Ball. Thank you for joining me. How you doing, man? Um, it's uh, Juan, actually, but we're good. Um, <laughs> I, look, I, I guess I, I best, I, I'm supposed to be Spanish and don't speak English. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's cool, brother. It's cool, James, man. I'm definitely happy to be on with you, man. I've been a um, definitely a fan of your work, man, since I, I saw your interview with Brian, um, Brian Henderson. And ever since then, he was like, man, I know you'll like him, follow him. You know, Brian put me on to you, man. And ever since I've been watching your interviews and, you know, taking taking flight on, you know, what you've been doing, good brother. And I will tip my hat off to you, man. You're definitely doing a great job in, in getting people's, um, not only just their voice, but uh, who they are, but also uh, their craft and what they're doing. Man, thank you, know, you, man. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely, brother. Absolutely. I think it's a difference in a, 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 what we call a journalist or somebody who's trying to find out versus somebody who's trying to really find out who you are what you do and what you're doing um, to make things better. You know what I mean? I've been following your page as well. And I wanted, I've I've been wanting to get at you because I follow your page, but you don't talk about it a lot, but we've talked like within like private messages and stuff. So I wanted to go into like, you do work with at youth risk. I wanted you to talk a little bit more about that. So I've been an educator and working in nonprofit, man. Um, for the last 20, 21 years uh, of my life, man. I've worked in uh, Baltimore City Schools, Memphis, Tennessee. i worked in Washington, D.C. Uh, I've traveled the country tra- training teachers on how to not just work with at-risk youth, but also how to teach uh, boys of color. Um, I've worked with parents, um, especially single mothers and fathers, on how to deal with their sons in a crisis. Um, I work with people like, uh, not to name drop, but I work with people like Jeff Johnson, who's a really good friend. Um, I don't even look at the celebrity status. I look at Jeff as Jeff. You know what I mean? Um, and this work, man, has taken me uh, to my highs and lows um, and just dealing with uh, my personal life as well. You know, so it's it's, it's been with, it's like a, you know how you just got that that one scar that just sticks with you? You know what I mean? Like you 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 hurt yourself when you were a kid, but you can look at your body or somebody can look at your body and be like, yeah, he 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 a warrior. You know what I mean? Like he done been through some some ups and downs, but he still got that scar. And that scar just to remind me that um I can I can do this, man. You know, so- this is point blank prayer. Like I can do this. So you, what's the difference? Because you said, I noticed you specifically said young black men. What's the difference between young black men and, and young black girls, young black girls? And um, so in the teaching part of the aspects of my work and the nonprofit part, I work with both. But um, some years ago, uh, I worked with uh, Dr. Lamar Shields and, and Dr. David Miller. Uh, Lamar Shields was born and raised in Chicago, Illinois. He came to Baltimore uh, and started teaching at City High School. And he started a program um, or a company called Urban Leadership Institute. And his partner was David Miller. David Miller was born and bred here in Baltimore, uh, Morgan State grad, 
awesome leader. Um, both these gentlemen decided to start working with uh, not just people of color, but they focused um, on boys and what they were lacking. And during that time, uh, we started at, they started the program at UBM, uh, UBMC, uh, University of Maryland uh, College, uh, Baltimore County. They started out there. Uh, then eventually we formed a partnership with uh, Johns Hopkins University School of Education. Our first partner was Dr. Alan Green, who now teaches at USC. He gave us space and opportunity to work with uh, the School of Education and any resources that Hopkins came with, the School of Education um, in particular. And we from, I want to say, 2005, 2006, all the way up to 2014, man, we were killing it. Hmm. Um, I started out just, uh, I started out teaching math, you know, for, for David and Lamar, and uh, they split. They split between 2008, 2009. Uh, Lamar and I and, like, um, his brother, uh, Kevin Brooks, uh, Reverend Dr. Kevin Brooks, we went on a trip. We took a bo- took the boys to Atlanta for a college tour. And he was like, ball, um, you know, as you know, David and I split. And um, he's going to keep um, Urban Leadership Institute. We're going to be a separate entity. And, uh, you know, we're going to uh, keep the office space. But I want you to run praise. So praise the, for uh, the Paul Roberson uh, Dr. Uh, Paul Robeson, we all know who Paul Robeson is. Um, it was named after him um, based on that whole educational scholar aspect of things, right? So these boys came from all over the city and all over the county. Most of our boys started with us when they were in the fifth grade. So when I met them, they were in the sixth going to the seventh grade. So I've had those boys, I had those boys from seventh grade to 12th grade. So when you so how is it traveling? Because you you mentioned you've been to different cities. So do you see like the same problems in in the same? Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely across the country. Um, definitely across the country. Uh, boys of color uh, will continue um, to be uh, a conversation, man. This is what it is, you know. Um, a lack of leadership, uh, just in my personal opinion, a lack of leadership, a lack of um, fathers absentee fathers um a lack of men just not stepping up um and so when i when i really dug deep into this work man like i really saw uh, myself growing up right because uh, my mom was a single mom my grandmother raised me but we had a village i was born and bred in uh, baltimore maryland uh but I, I stayed and lived in a community called emerson village right so my, my mantra and my key was, uh, it takes a village. So my, my, my mother's aunt, which is my grandmother's sister, was my, one of my godparents. And two of my mother's sisters were my godparents. And she picked three good men. And they promised her that no matter what, that they would look after me, help me to grow. And they did. Everybody kept their word. Wow. Right. Wow. You know what I'm saying? Like everybody kept their word. I lost two, one set of godparents 
um, who not only were my aunt, my great aunt and uncle, but they were like my parents. Sorry, right? sorry, to hear that. yeah, man. Years ago, man, they 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 both um, you know passed on, and my godfather, my mother's one of my mother's oldest brothers, just passed. Um, it's been a year now. Wow, sorry. right? Well, yeah, man. Uh, Baltimore City High School played football. He was a scholar. Morgan State grad again, a scholar there. Um, he was on a traveling team. He was an intellectual guy, um, seeing the highs and lows of life. You know what I mean? I got my passion for sports, music, shoes, and cars from my mother's brothers. <laughs> Let me ask you something. Do you do you feel that, because you, you was raised by a village, you would say. Would you say that's missing today? Absolutely. Um what we did 15, 20, 30, 40 years ago, because I'll be 43, so I know, uh, Jay, you're probably not that far behind me or in front of me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a little you behind know, you. <laughs> right. But what I'm saying is, um, if you got, if I got in trouble where I lived, not only did I get in trouble by my grandmother, but I got in trouble by the neighbor. Mm -hmm. And I bet not get smart, crack slit, see nothing out of pocket. Because my grandmother lived in that community. She raised all of her children in that one house, right? Wow. So it was generations who was coming through that house. I was the last grandson, grandchild, son, to live with my grandmother. Mm. She literally raised generations like it was times where the boys were home and the girls weren't. It was times where the girls were home and the boys weren't. They were off married, had their own, whatever the case may be. But my grandmother was clear. You had some you had some place to come back to. Man, that's a blessing. That's a blessing. You know what I'm saying? And so we don't have that house anymore. You know, life shows up, things happen, whatever. But we all still pretty much migrate in that community, in that village setting. Do you ever sit back and think about what it would have been like if you didn't have those, you said you had three strong men? Yeah, man, three, 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 three. I mean, and it, was, it wasn't just the, those three strong men, man. My great-grandfather was, um, was a deacon. My, my, my grandfather was a deacon. My great-grandfather was not only just a deacon, but a pastor. And so um, I had that also that balance of church, right? So living with my grandmother, I couldn't, I had to go to church. Like you have to go to church. And not only that, you have to find a balance. You have to find a balance between school, sports, and I want you to either sing on the choir or join the usher board. Like I had to do something. I had to give because my church was also a place where my pretty much 85% of my family was there in generations. Mm. So it was like so a good meeting spot for y'all pretty much. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. Um, we, they actually had a day for us. It was called the Rice and Johnson's Day. <laughs> because my grandfather, my 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 great grandfather was a rice and my great my 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 mother's grandfather on her mother's side was a Johnson. Mm, okay. So they had a, a whole entire day for us. It was in August. It was around like the 25th or so. 
and we would all get together and we would have service, man. Like sure enough, my cousins and I, we were all on the choir. We would sing. Uh, we had somebody to come and preach. Uh, as I got older, I remember one year, um, I started like reading my poetry in church. You know what I mean? Uh, matter of fact, the year that I did it was the year that my older sister, she graduated from Howard. And that was a big deal, man. Like, you know, she she graduated from Howard. She was uh, married. Um, she had just gotten married uh, to our first husband. And, you know, I watched my sister at that time go through a lot, man. And she just beat the odds. You know what I'm saying? And so for me, um, I beat the odds. And so me beating the odds, I teach other kids how to beat the odds. I'm gonna stop you. I'm gonna stop me. What do, when you say beat the odds, what do you what do you mean exactly by man, we my neighborhood was West Baltimore, man. And so anybody or anything that comes from Baltimore, man, though, they we we real clear about West Baltimore, especially Emerson Village. Okay. They, we don't make it out, bro. We don't, you know what I'm saying? That's 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 uncommon, right? So I grew up in the 90s where it was just heavy. Drugs was heavy. Gangs was heavy. Everything was happening during that time, man. You could pick or choose pretty much your poison in a sense, right? And so um, for me, um, I had one foot in the street and one foot in my books. Mm. Like Like I wanted to go to college. Like I didn't want to stay in the neighborhood. And cats in the neighborhood that was doing whatever they was doing, they pushed me to get to where I am. Oh, they pushed you in the right direction. Absolutely. Man, that's great. Because you know, so many times we hear the story where it goes, they pushing you in yeah, the they wrong keep direction. Yeah. No. Were these guys older than you? Uh, most of them were. Um, I always hung around older guys. What, what, what it... What internally made you make a decision to say, you know what? Because you said you was dibbling and dabbling with the books and the streets. What age um, did you say, all right, I'm going to go uh, straight? Uh, it was late, man. I'm going to be honest with you. It was maybe, I was in my 30s. 30s? Yeah, on and off. I, it was in my 30s. Um, I was, I had, I had met, uh, well, I was reintroduced to now who is my ex. And we made a pact and the pact was if we, if we get together and we come together, we got two girls to raise. You gotta, you gotta stop. So I stopped. Wow. So you had two girls. So I had a daughter um, from a previous relationship and she had a daughter, but here's the key though. I helped to raise her daughter because she lived with us. Okay. So she honestly taught me how to be a parent. Wow. My birth daughter, her mother and I, right, her mother and I were going through so much. So I was kind of like, I was there, but physically it was tough. You get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So my experience, most of my experience really came from my oldest daughter, man. Real talk. What was it about that experience? Man, we pretty much did everything together, bro. Me, I would take her. If I had classes on Saturdays with praise, she would roll with me. Um, 
whatever we had going on with her as far as sports or school because I was an educator. So I could go to the school meetings. I can go to school. I can, you know, keep her on a good path as far as education and everything else. And her mother, man, was bright. Like, my ex skipped two grades when she was in school. Wow. You know what I'm saying? So that that light, honestly, that that balance, excuse me, of her education, and then those a little bit of seeds that I was able to sow in her for those years that we were together. She, 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 awesome, man. Both my girls, man. I'm real. I'm, I'm, I'm a proud dad. Man. I'm a girl dad. Man. I'm real proud of both of my girls, man. You said, you said, you, you said the woman that you was with, her mom was like really bright and intelligent, and yeah, you seemed like a bright and intelligent guy. Like, what happened? Was it just not a good mix? Or um, it was just. Without actually going into detail, man, because I try not to like talk about it, I'll just say life showed up and we both had to make a decision. Oh yeah. <laughs> you feel you feel what I'm that saying? Happens. I think that happens yeah. to everybody, man. Yeah, life life showed up. Um we were trying to figure it out. And I think looking back, um, it's funny because my mother and I just had this conversation. Looking back, I would have done some things a little differently on my end. You feel I think what I'm that's, saying? That's every, I think like yeah, everybody man. go through that. Like if you go you yeah. have a, um a situation and you, you at that crossroads and it, yeah, could, man. it could go left, it could go right. Right. It could go straight and yeah, man. You know, sometimes yeah, man. it just don't work out. And then, you know, we just, we change. Like the same man you, you are, you said you're 43, right? Yeah, I'll be 43 May 4th, man. Oh, okay, in a couple, so in a like, couple of weeks. You're not, the same, yeah. you're not the same guy at 43 that you was back then. That's no. kind of like one of the bad things about maturing in time, because it's like it's it almost feel like a crude joke. Because yeah. it's like yeah, it's, and it's so ironic and funny, man. At the same time, because even in any relationship, man, what you wanted as a business partner or as a business owner 10 years ago, that ain't what you want now. Think about yeah. it. Yeah. Think of, look at your, think about yourself 10 years ago. Would you have thought that you would be doing this? No. Exactly. No. You, you feel what I'm saying? Yeah. And I tell kids all the time, evolve, grow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When you have opportunities to continue to be better, take what life gives you, what you got to get to make yourself better. Make sure you keep your peace of mind. Always mind your business about people, places, and things. And move on, man. That's it. <laughs> Seriously, bro. Think about how many times you kind of wish you would have just mind your business about things and look at now like, damn. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> you feel what I'm saying? And, and, and don't get me wrong. My aunt, man, my aunt, um, Saran Fawcett, man, bad, bad lady, man, bad lady, man. She taught us that at times in our lives when we really needed it. And what she went through, it made her say to herself, damn, Saran, you should have mind your business about your husband. And I didn't understand that, right? Because I'm like, what do you mean? I'm supposed to... She like, no. Take take your personal content of what you think minding your business is and look at it from abroad. Mm. So when you look at minding your business from abroad, man... Don't go looking for nothing that ain't looking for you. <laughs> Feel me? 
Hey, I can't do that. Feel me? Like that. You, you know what I'm saying? Think about those times somebody else was doing something or somebody said something and they pulled you in. You got suckered in, right? And then you like, I should have just mind my business. <laughs> you feel me? Man, you ain't lying about that, man. It, that's a definitely yeah, man. Like you know, and I, and I and I tell my kids all the time, man. Throughout my years of teaching and, and being an educator and being a tutor and being a mentor and sometimes being a dad or a brother, a sub, um, being an uncle. Uh, sometimes I had to uh, figure out a way to help my girls um, throughout the years when I was a teacher. I had plenty of young ladies that looked up to me. I had plenty of young ladies that said, you know, Mr. B, if it wasn't for you, I wouldn't have went to college. Mr. B, if it wasn't for you, I wouldn't have gotten into this social work program. Mr. B, if it wasn't for you, just, you know, working with me, your wife at the time, you know, Y'all really like helping me out or sowing seeds or put me, help me, helping me get into this program or that program or applying for this scholarship or doing this or introducing me to sometimes my authentic self. Right. You know what I mean? Because right. as an educator, all I can do is I can, I, I paint a picture. I look at you and I, 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 and I've done this since I was a kid. I can look at you, man, and pretty much break down who you are before you even talk to me. I can pretty much tell what type of person you are uh, for the most part. As, as we said earlier in the, in the conversation, I can see your scars. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. With your life and what you've been through. I got Especially you. growing up in the inner city, man. When I, you know, growing up in the inner city, man, you spot an inner city, another inner city kid in a minute. Yeah. Even as a man, you can look at that man and say, man, you, you from where I'm from, man. How does that, you being a mentor and an educator and a teacher, so like that responsibility you have, like. Heavy, bro. Heavy, bro. So how do you heavy, carry that? So, what, so, so what, what, what's, what's the old saying, James? What's the old saying? Heavy is the what? Heavy you know, you know to carry the crown, right? <laughs> hey, my head, my head been heavy for a long time, brother. Look at this head. Look at my head, man. I got a big head anyway, bro. So I had to put that crown on sometimes, man. I've been wearing that crown probably since I was a preteen, brother. What do you do? Because because I know with dealing with so much, like because unfortunately working in the inner city, you're gonna see things that everybody's not gonna see. So Man. for yourself, how do you how do you bring like how do you take care of yourself like mentally? So let me tell you something. I suffer from uh, anxiety, right? Mm -hmm. And depression. Wow. My mother, <laughs> this is so wild, man. My mother, when she was pregnant with me, was depressed the entire time she was pregnant. Wow. So when I first was introduced to my depression, it was a bad situation, man. And I sought out therapy. That's good. That's good. How were you? I've had, man, I was in my 30s. Oh, okay, okay. I was in my early, I was in my early 30s. I had my first breakdown in my early 30s. Okay. Um, I always heard about Shepherd Pratt. I knew what it was because my mother worked at. My mother retired from uh, Shepherd Pratt, the one in Towson, right? What's Shepherd Pratt? Because everybody knows. Yeah, so, 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 so Shepherd Pratt is a uh, uh, mental health institution 
where they help you to um, get back to your normal self. Okay. Um, And it's a place where you can kind of somewhat detox of some of what's been going on with you, right? Great place. Um, I stayed at the one in uh, Ellicott City. Um, And, man, I've had two therapists in my life. And my last, this therapist that I have now, I've been with her for six straight years. Wow. And so she's been with me. She's almost like a, a, a second parent, second or third parent to me. Her and her husband, man, they are elders. Um, and they pray over me. They've prayed over me. Um, they've helped me um, through financial situations sometimes. Uh, they have, I've worked, I've done work for them in that house. Like I demo. Uh, three projects in that house <laughs> because I, I do side like I do side work like I do okay. woodwork paint um, drywall you know whatever I learned th- I learned how to do those things when I was younger and I, it, it was always a side hustle for me as I got older mm-hmm. and um, you know in between teaching you know it was a rough time I was tutoring tutoring kind of slowed down so last spring I did like three demo jobs with them. Uh-huh. And, and and they pay me every day. And I didn't even want the pay, but they was like, you need money. You need wow. to work. How did you, have you, a- how did you arrive at that decision? Because you said in your 30s. So that was that was like maybe 10 years ago, close to 10. So, so, the, so, so it's funny because the decision wasn't even made for me. That's how bad the situation was. My ex actually just signed. She, she, she was like, I'm going to sign the papers and he got to go because I want him to be okay. Your ex... Uh, my ex-wife. Yep. Okay, see, okay, because I, I didn't, we didn't yeah. make it clear. I'm sorry. Well, yeah, I, didn't, yeah, my, I didn't make it clear. Yeah, my, you yeah, got my ex-wife, yeah, yeah, yeah. My my ex, when I first had my first major breakdown, she signed the papers. I'm thinking I'm staying there for one day, bro. I wind up staying there for almost two weeks. But I'm, I, you, that's the best, but that's the best thing I ever did. Would you, because again, like, you know, especially it's it's gotten better. But when you talk about 10 years ago, we wasn't really addressing mental health and especially black men. No, not, so, not, not at all. I, that's why I became a mental, um, mental health advocate. Uh, I've been a mental health advocate as long as I've been suffering from depression and anxiety um, because I believe it is taboo. I believe that men are walking around and men especially because I can only speak from a man's perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, we are walking around, man, with so much. Yeah. And so it's normal to say, what? I'm okay. It's cool. It's all right. I got it. But what about those times, man, when you 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 praying? Or when you in the room, man, it's just you and God or you and Allah. And and you trying to figure out what's next. How I'm going to keep these lights on. That's that's a heavy. How I'm going to keep myself together in the midst of all this. That's a heavy. How I'm going to help her to pay these bills and take care of my own and myself. That's a heavy. I got to take care of me. I got to, you know, my responsibility is to self, right? And then our support is to our mate and then our children, right? But what about those times when we not whole and we are not ourselves, our households, our children, our jobs, everything suffers, man. And I, I'm bear, I, I promise you, James, this is my word. I bear witness to that, bro. I've, I've, I had to walk away from jobs because mentally I wasn't right. 
I had to shut myself out from my children and my family because mentally I wasn't there. I wasn't right. Emotionally, I wasn't there. Real quick, what did that what did that make you feel like to know that you wasn't strong enough to let me back up because I don't want to I want to make sure I use the correct words. You what you didn't you realized that you had to remove yourself from that situation. So what was you feeling like knowing that you couldn't be there wholly for your family? It was tough, man. It's still tough, bro. Mm-hmm. My my depression, it don't it don't go nowhere. It just ain't. It's, it's I've gotten into a place where it's controlled. My anxiety. What do you, what do you um, how you control it? That, that that therapy, bro. That therapy, loving, living, praying, um, accepting uh, me today, and understanding that. As long as I can continue to do the work on me and keep a peace of mind, I'd be all right. Do you do you um actually because you because you've gone through it? So do you actually like coach others and help others to realize? Yeah, man, I try to for for, for people that want to, especially for young men, um, and really kids that I work with, man. I've really just tried to help them to understand um, the program and the company that I work for now is called College Track. And so we were the first program to open up in Ward 8, which is a, a ward in Washington, D.C. And I was, I'm a math coach, a college readiness coach, but I also teach a class on mindfulness. Okay. So I'm actually teaching young people and asking them questions about their mental health and their experience about some things. And a lot of them had a aha moment, like, oh, my God, Mr. Juan, you're right. During those times when I couldn't feel like I couldn't talk to my parents, I was so angry and I was so destitute and I was just so not myself, right? And so I would ask them mindfulness questions and we would have mindfulness conversations. And then we started doing mindfulness projects and just talking to each other. Um, it was days, man, where we were just color. Mm. Because, because color is a, is, is a way to get, get your what? Your thoughts. It takes your thoughts away. I that's, 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 that's a way, I'm telling you, man. Why do you think people paint? Uh, mm. well, this, Why do you think? They, right, right, man. I mean, honestly, James, like, let's look at, let's, 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 let's erase the board and, and I'm going to paint a bigger picture for you. Okay. Why do you think most men um, that are in carpentry, they're so good because they do what? Create. Create, man. Mm-hmm. So if I'm creating something, my mind is clear. I ain't thinking about home. Uh, I ain't thinking about these bills. I ain't thinking about this tuition. I ain't thinking about how we're going to do this and how we're going to do that because what I'm, going, what I'm doing now is going to help me take care of that. Wow. That's deep. I never, I never thought about it that way. Yeah, man. So for me, that to what takes the anxiety away, man, is um, cigars. That's why I smoke my cigar. <laughs> I know my mother don't like it. She, but she deal with it. My godmother don't like it either. Um, I'm, I'm not dating anybody right now, uh, but I've had lady friends who like, well. If we seriously, and I tell them straight, I'm, and I'm honest, if we seriously get together and I know you don't like smoke, I'll stop. 
Really? I would stop. Even though it helps with your anxiety? I would have to figure out another way. That's kind of, wouldn't that be kind of dangerous though? So, so, so here's the thing, man. What you, what you have to understand is not only just smoking the cigars, but I found other ways and other things. Work for me and the work that I do helps keep me balanced. Okay. Okay. Um, music. I love music, man. Yeah, I, I love it. <laughs> you, I love, I love, love, love. Me. You've been on some of my lives, James. I'm smoking yeah, my I cigar, <laughs> and you, and you hear everything from, from Stevie Wonder to Luther to Anita Baker to trap music to Jay Z to you know what I'm saying? Like I, yeah. I switched the channel, man. I switched the channel. I even listened to Harlan Oates. You know what I mean? Michael McDonald, but. That comes from my uncles, man, that they played that for me when I was a kid. And those those records, spending those 45s, my mother's oldest brother still plays a 45, bro. Wow. That's crazy. Still plays a 45, bro. He still has original records. Dang. All of my, you know what I'm saying? Like, he keeps them in a, in a space clean you if you go down there and play a record you better make sure you put it back don't put your fingerprints on it you better wipe it off you better you know what i'm saying you, you gotta so you always got you always have to find just like one we always say we have to have more than one resource as far as income you have to have more than one resource to take care of yourself man yeah now i'm let me ask you um you know, nobody nobody chooses to have to deal with anxiety and depression, but and I suffer from manic, so mine is seasonal for um, the most part. Does that because you're dealing with it because you're finding ways to cope? Do you feel like you know this is a part of this is helping you propel yourself towards your destiny and fulfilling your purpose on this earth? Absolutely. Absolutely. In what ways? In what ways? Um, a lot of ways, man. Um, I can't be if I'm not mentally, emotionally, and spiritually together. What? Who? Who can I help? What can I do? Mm-hmm. Man, you're right. What can I do? Honestly, I'm no good to nobody if I'm not good to myself. And it is so it's so crazy and ironic, man. I had to teach myself to be good to me because I was so good to everybody else. Wow. That's tough. Think about it. 20 years of teaching. You, you know how many kids I've, came, I've come across? You know how many parents I've come across? You know how many programs that I've, I've helped to build or be a part of? Nonprofit, for-profit, uh, volunteering, tutoring. You know how many families, c- communities, places I've been, countries I've traveled to? Yeah. Still, still doing this work, man. Still doing this work, bro. How much longer you think you're gonna do it? I can. I got about twenty more years, man. My, it's funny, man. My grandma was just talking about that. She was like, "One, how, how long?" And I said, uh, "I'll be forty-three, so I give it twenty years. I'll be sixty-three by sixty-five. I'm. Uh, I, I. I plan to hopefully be a professor, man, where I can just work whenever I want to work." Man, twenty more years. I got. I, I know for sure, James. I, my hand. I, I. I know. I got at least twenty more years in me. Man. 
do, do because, you because like, I, do you feel like you have to do twenty or that's just um that's my goal, man. Seriously. Because you know, uh, sometimes you, it's just um, you know, you just don't see yourself doing anything else. But this may be, but this may be your passion. So that's probably why you can see yourself. Yeah, man, my, my, my passion definitely fixed my purpose. And I'm going to tell you some other things that I do, man, that you just not even, you're going to be like, wow. So first of all, I'm a juvenile diabetic. That's one. Mm. So I've had some things physically, mentally, and emotionally that have happened to me because of the diabetes that really could have took me out of here, man. Real talk. But through the grace and the mercy, man, through the grace and through the mercy, I've been able to prevail, bro. That's a blessing, man. Thank God. I'm legally, I'm legally, yes, man. I'm legally blind in my right eye. I teach, I work and teach every day. I sit in front of a computer screen. I make no excuses. My left foot, um, it was a freak accident. 2007, I've had surgeries. I have what you call osteomyelitis. It's a bone infection. It affects your toes, the bones, and your toes. And it could travel. But if you get it early, which I have, I've had different surgeries over the last 10 or so years since 2000, what's this, 20, since 2007, 7, 10, that's 17. Uh, yeah. Wow. So I, I've been I've been 13 years, man. 13 years. And I... I still run, <laughs> I still walk, <laughs> I still take care of myself, I take vitamins every day, uh, even, I got a boot, I can, I can flip the camera, James, and show you, I got a boot on, bro, Man, I, I don't let that stop me, This it's healing, I had my last surgery in August, and I, I've been healing, man, you really are a warrior, <laughs> Yeah, man, I, I don't, I don't, I don't let life beat me, bro. You can't. Man, I, I made a promise to myself, man, and my girls. I promised them I would never. My family as well, my friends who love me and who care about me. I, I'm not gonna quit on myself, man. I can't. I got too much to do. I got too much I'm trying to do. Too much I want to do. I, I don't want to quit. I can't quit on myself. And that's how I teach my kids. That's how I, the kids that I work with, I teach them that to understand that when we ain't no quitters around here. We take nothing personally. Everything's about business, period. Man, well, brother, look, I want to take this time to thank you for doing this. I salute you. I, I really appreciate you being so open and transparent about everything you've been through and the journey you've been on, man. I truly appreciate it. Absolutely, bro. Always a pleasure, James, man. Keep doing what you're doing, bro. It's other brothers and sisters out here that got stories, man. I wish I could tag as many people as I can, bro, <laughs> that you can line them up and interview. I'm telling you, man, it's some stories out here that you just would not believe. And to look at them and what they've been through, man, through that through that pathway and that challenge, it's awesome, man. Well, look, it's we'll, awesome, man. We'll make sure we talk offline. Before we... Yeah, absolutely. Before we go, did you want to um, get people to weigh it, like the to get your information out on social media if they want to follow you or anything? Yeah, man. Um, it's Becky's Boy, Becky's Boy77 on Instagram. That's all that I use. Uh, for the most part, I am on Twitter, but I only check in every now and again. You can definitely check me uh, again at Becky's Boy77 um, on Instagram. I work for 
College Track DC. I also contract myself out to different nonprofits. Um, this summer, I plan to travel to uh, Los Angeles to teach mm-hmm. um, college and career readiness at the University of Cal State and UCLA. Wow. Um, yes. Um, and that's just through uh, the work, man. Somebody saw that they were like, you want to teach college readiness. I want you to run a program and teach college readiness because I know you're a star. Wow. And because man. I know you're a star. Yeah, bro. So I'm, I'm, I'm praying, man, that this, this pandemic just slows down. I'll be able to travel because my kids literally come from all over the country. So I'm excited to meet my new batch. Last year, I was able to teach at Lehigh University for like three weeks, four weeks. I had a blast. Man. Well, look, we're going to pray that we're going to pray that this this works out in your favor and just keep it. Yes, God, God, yes, God, and whatever you whatever supposed to happen is going to happen for you, brother. Oh, yeah. Always, bro. Same for you, bro. Take care, man. Are you, we already made a pact, man. I come out to L.A. I got you, bro. We're going to hang. Definitely. <laughs> I want to take this time to thank everyone who listened to this episode of the podcast. I truly appreciate all your support. Have a great day. All right. Peace, James. All right.